Well, fiery Nick Saban appears to be back, but is it nature or nurture? You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. We'll talk about FanDuel in just a bit. Jimmy, I let off asking, is it nature or nurture with Nick Saban? That's probably not the right way to say this, and I can't get my handle to go away. Now I did. Um, but I, I do wonder. All right, so everybody is thrilled to death, fiery, ornery, just got stung by yellow jackets while mowing the lawn in July. Nick Saban is back. We're all happy. The question is, is it natural or is it reactionary? To Because has he, do you believe he's heard some of the criticisms? You know, former players have been out there getting after him. Um, not after him necessarily, but after the team. Um, fans obviously have been getting after the team a little bit. Like, where's the passion? Where's the enthusiasm? And – it felt like even after when we when we as fans were making those criticisms that Nick Saban has been um, maybe coddling a little bit. And he's not a coddler. He's not. That's not his thing. And uh, so he uh, in these press conferences he's been like, well, you know, this guy's young or this guy's inexperienced and we just need to give him a chance. And uh, I just hope the best team wins. I don't think he said that, but I'll pretend he did. Um, and. So I wonder, is he finally just been like, because he he gave the credit to Ms. Terry, by the way, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was cool. And I think is very smart. If you're married, you know, whatever you do as a success, if you win the male husband of the year and, you know, solo, then you have to give credit to your wife. That's, you that's just, the just first line. That's, that's what the first you line. Yeah, first line is, I want to thank my wife. And then, I, you know, without her, none of this is possible. That's, that's what you do. So I'm sure that's what Nick Saban was doing. But um, so my question is, do you think he this is planned? Because we all say Nick Saban plans things and calculates. Do you think he's this is like now he believes this team can handle his fieriness? Or do you think he's just fed up? I think he's frustrated. Uh, I think I think some sometimes I don't think it's one easy answer. I think sometimes some things happen and he gets frustrated over a specific thing. Uh, but in general, I, I think really what's going on is sort of generally a pattern that I've noticed with Nick Saban over the 17 years. Uh, and and let's let's hope that this is an episode that the team doesn't listen to because I don't want to give away Nick's secrets here. But this is <laughs> this is breaking the Saban code. Uh, but when Nick is, when, when things go badly, you know, and the fans are upset because you only, you know, scored 17 points at South Florida or you lost the Texas game and fans are upset and the team is crestfallen over, Hey, it didn't go like we wanted it to go. Nick doesn't get fiery. He gets supportive when, when it doesn't go great. Nick is supportive, and we've seen a lot of supportive Nick the last couple of seasons, right? Because things have not always gone great. He gets very supportive. When things go well, 
That's when he's fiery. And that's because I think he senses he knows he's got to do that to keep the energy level up because things are going well. And when things go well, you can coast and maybe not play as hard because things are going well. I I think it's that simple. I think Nick was sensing, hey, we've really got something here and things are going good and I've got to keep the, the intensity level up. So I, I think it's typical, Nick, when things are going well, he gets fiery. When things aren't going well, he gets supportive. Uh, and And I think ultimately that's what happened. But I do agree that there are specific things I don't think he liked a play call or uh, the, the call that was made on a third and one. And, and he just lit into the headset uh, to Tommy Reese. I, I think that is different. I think that's when some things happen that upset him and he goes off just because he's uh, hot tempered and frustrated, especially when he's stressed and in the middle of games is when you get stressed. I, I did have a vision. I know exactly what you're talking about when he lit into Tommy Reese. And I remember that episode of Seinfeld when Elaine Bennis didn't think her, the guy that she was on a date with or, or her coworker actually had a hearing problem. And so oh, she it was the driver of the car. It was a yeah, driver. She, it was a driver. She, no, 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 no. This is somebody else. Because uh, the oh. guy kept saying, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't hear you or whatever. And oh, is the yeah. former Sun Night Live cast member. And yeah. she put in his hearing aid that had fallen out just to see if it really was a hearing aid and like the at that time the the fire alarm in the opera house goes off and it like blows her out that's what i pictured like tommy reese going oh my god you know um i'm just throwing the headset away um but i i hope that it's i hope that it's natural I, i i want this to be natural i feel like youth today these kids today these kids they can pick up on what is fake and what is real a, a lot better and even if they don't understand i mean i think they just disrespect fake so much um that that they can appreciate if somebody comes at them very real and they're upset look i can tell you just as as looking back on my life i wish way back when somebody had been harder on me uh in in sports uh at the time my my father who's an awesome guy but he he wasn't like super involved in my sports arena. I mean, he had work to do. He had a lot of stuff to do, but I, as a coach now for my six-year-old daughter or seven-year-old, she just turned seven. Um, and a guy who's coached kids, you know, before that, I can tell you one thing that I've learned this year is that I've been, this sounds so terrible. Like I'm compared myself to Nick Saban as a seven-year-old <laughs> youth soccer coach, but now, Luke. I, I do mean it this way. Now, Luke, are you I about to tell us that you're incredibly from. tough on your seven-year-old soccer players? But no, for real. Like this year, if they don't do like seven-year-old girls, you know, it's like herding cats. It's hard to get them to do stuff. And this year, um, if they don't pay attention in line, it used to be like I'd say, "Hey, you know, CC, you gotta pay attention," or "Hey, Emmy, you gotta pay attention." Now I'm like. Okay, here's the deal. At the beginning of practice, I always say, if you if I have to tell you one time, you're running a lap. And they didn't think I would do it. So I started making them run laps. And now they pay attention. And I'm thinking maybe we need to make some people run laps occasionally. <laughs> if that means Tommy Reese has to run a lap, I'm down with it. Let's um, start with the tackle. Let's start with the offensive tackles. <laughs> I don't even know where I got off on all this. But <laughs> I, all I'm saying is, 
and I'm really sorry, and I'm going to publish this because I don't mind making fun of myself, but the fact that I even came close to comparing myself as a seven-year-old youth soccer coach at 10 o'clock on Saturday mornings to Nick Saban makes me makes my tummy hurt. Um, yeah. Your three-year three letterman on uh, Twitter. <laughs> I am three-year letterman. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I, I want it to be real. I don't want it to be phony. I want this yeah. to be like Nick Saban's finally like, Okay, I just had enough. Y'all, you're Tommy, I've had enough. Or Jalen, yeah. I've had enough. Or I think whatever. it is nature. I, I don't think he's faking just because I said hey, he's sensing things are going well so when he gets fired. I, I think that is his nature. I think I think he's innately knows. He innately knows when I gotta yell, and he innately knows when he's gotta be supportive. But those things tend to line up with when things are going well or or, or they're not going well. We and one of the things is look, we always think of boy, Nick used to be fiery. Yeah, things used to go really well constantly. <laughs> Now we think of Nick as mellowing. That's because things aren't always going as well, yeah. you know. In the last, and, and and by that I mean post twenty twenty, you know, when when the probably our best team of all time came in and moved on. Uh, and since then, we've sort of. I'm not saying we're rebuilding because we're better than that. And one thing that frustrates me is people that think of last year as disastrous when we finished in fifth, one spot out of the playoff. And frankly, as I said the whole time, should have been in the playoff because we were better than TCU. And, and I, I said that the whole time. And I know this season has nothing to do with last season, but this season I still think has continued to prove Alabama was a better team than TCU was last year. Uh, no, I agree with that's that. neither here nor there. But my point being that it doesn't go as great week to week as it once did. I, I agree that that's the case. Uh, and, and I think that's why we see him being supportive more often. But he still knows – Hey, when it starts going well, I got to crank it up. One last thing on that. I learned a lot of football from Gene Stallings, too. And Stallings said this once, and it lines up perfectly with how Saban handles. Stallings said, when you lose a game, don't work the heck out of your football team. Don't, don't crack the whip then. They'll just feel like they're being punished. You crack the whip when you win because that way the team feels like you're getting them better. Hey, coach is making us better. We're improving. You crack the whip after wins. You coddle them after losses. Because if you just punish them after the losses, they feel like, well, we're being punished because we lost the game. And that makes so much sense. And I think that's kind of basically how Saban has handled it for 17 years. Yeah, you're probably right. Now we're going to talk about who needs to step up for A&M um, as we begin to move, look toward that monstrous contest in College Station this weekend. But for now, I need to tell everybody about Athletic Brewing. I think uh, you want to talk about somebody that's been stepping up, and that is uh, our game changer of the week, and that is Will Reichert. He's just moving up all the all-time leading scoring list everywhere. Uh, he's going to be Alabama. He may be Alabama's all-time leading scorer already, is he? Uh, he is. He is. Okay. He is. Um, That's true. He's going to be the SEC all-time leading scorer. I believe that. I mean, I don't know where he falls nationally, but I'm going to find out. And you know what? When you become the all-time leading scorer in SEC history, crack open an athletic brewing non-alcoholic beer. That's that's going to be awesome. Athletic brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. These things are delicious, nutritious, and good for you. I'm telling you, they're just they, they just make you feel better. That's what I mean. I say good for you, good for your spirit. You're not going to get a hangover. That's wonderful. 
helpful. That is huge for me. They're fit for all times. You can drink them anytime, anywhere, and make any activity even more enjoyable, like watching a big game or your kid's game. If you're coaching a youth soccer, you can crack open an athletic brewing, tackle work or working out, whatever. No hangovers ever. I've already said that, and that needs to be repeated. You can find Athletic Brewing in-store online and at bars around the country. They're the fastest-growing non-alcoholic brewery in the U.S., so get on board now. What's your favorite Athletic Brew? You, why don't you tell us in the comments? We'd love to hear it. Um, I like to have one uh, right before a Bama game or right after a big Bama win. I promise you, we got some as samples. I love them. I, I do. I do. Yeah, I will partake and an alcoholic beverage every now and again, but I don't like getting hungover. And I like to enjoy these and savor these Bama victories that we've been getting here lately. So I like to try my athletic brewing. First time customers can use code locked on to get 15% off your first online order. That's code locked on at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer exclusions and conditions do apply. Athletic brewing company fit for all times. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So, Jimmy, I'm going to, you know, a lot of times after a game, we spend a couple of days rehashing what we saw the previous week. But, you know, the the Mississippi State game, for whatever reason, isn't resonating with me. Um, We played better. Everybody, we have said that over and over again. Some people called us negative Nellies again in the comments. We're not being negative. I, I don't think. I think we're just sort of being realistic here that, um, you know, yes, we got better. I, I'm not sure we're getting better at the pace we all want. I mean, of course, we want to be the best all the time. But I feel like we could, even in this Saturday's game against Mississippi State, I felt like we could be better than we were better. I mean, it, there were a few things that you're like, if we just clean up these simple things, and they're not even – they're not – you know, we got to recruit past a certain guy on the on the roster things. These are like, okay, this should have been cleaned up in the summer. Now it really needs to be cleaned up. Bad snaps. Um, Jalen Milrow throwing the ball away. Uh, that I, I re, did rewatch the first quarter. And those first two sacks that he had, um, they really were on him. I mean, he needs to throw that away. Just throw it away. And I know, I understand he's trying really hard. And he has gotten better. So I'm pro Milrow, and we're riding the Milrow train the rest of the year. So be mad at Milrow if you want to. It's a, it's going to be futile because he's our best option, and that ain't close. So get on the Milrow train, I implore you. Now, having said all that, who do you think against AM needs to step up? Now, don't don't say Jalen Milrow. Don't say that because we all know it's going to be funny. It was going to be funny. I was going to say it because it was going to be funny. I, I know, <laughs> After and that's all why that. I stopped you. After all that, I don't want you funny, Jimmy. You're the no, serious well, one on the show. Yeah. You're it's, the it's, it's good cop, bad cop on Locked On Bama. You're bad cop. You're always bad cop. I'm Jerry. Um, you're Kramer. That's right. <laughs> you kept making all the stops. <laughs> um, anyway, who needs to step up for real? Like, who who do you think? Okay, we haven't. This guy hadn't made his mark just yet. 
I'm going to throw out Kool-Aid McKinstry, even though he's played well. I, like I mean, he, Texas, notwithstanding the Texas game, he didn't have a great game. Otherwise, he's played pretty well. But, I mean, we haven't – outside of Middle Tennessee, I don't think we've seen a huge play in special teams um, from him, yeah. right? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, he, he's due. He's due. I know. I saw a nice Smith had a punt return this past weekend for A and M, and he's he's dangerous. He's a dude. Dangerous, dangerous dude. No, no, no question. He's dangerous. Uh, but it would be a good time for us to make a big play in in the return game for Kool Aid as a punt return, or even uh, Kendrick Law uh, <laughs> on a kick return. Kendrick had a pretty good kick return this past week. Uh, yeah, those guys have to step up. But you know, if if there's one position or one dude or position group needs to step up to to me that answers the offensive line and and i think they're getting better but i say it specifically for this week because the matchup that scares you to death is their defensive line you know i mean their their defensive line is super elite it's their best unit it matches up against a unit of ours that struggled throughout september and i think unless our offensive line gets their defensive line blocked it could be a long day because if you don't get their defensive line blocked, now you're putting too much on Milrow uh, it, it's, or, or any quarterback. It's not too much on Milrow. It's put too much on any quarterback if, if the front's not getting blocked. So my answer is the offensive line has to continue to improve and take steps. And Milrow and the backs and the receivers need to understand, hey, we're playing an elite defense. I've got to step it up. The receivers, we've got to step it up. The tight ends, we got to get our guys blocked. We've got to step it up because this is a, a tough – tough matchup so uh but my answer is the offensive line and defensively um the defensive backs because we're playing against a really good receiving core Stewart, uh uh anaya smith and muhammad moose muhammad i think those i think it's the best wide receiver core we'll play all year now that texas is behind us uh i think they're they're almost texas good you know texas is really good with with uh, A.D. Mitchell and 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 Xavier Worthy and and uh, the other guy in the tight end, Jatavian Sanders, uh, Worthington, that other wide receiver, they're they're outstanding. I think A&M's not quite that good, but they're almost as good. Uh, so those DBs, and you've already pointed out, you know, McKinstry, Arnold, uh, Malachi at star is going to be on a, on a really good slot receiver. So, yeah, boy, this is a tough matchup. Texas A&M, a good team. You know, I just pulled up Texas A&M's depth chart for defensive line right yeah you know all those dudes it's a it's a who's who you and i have followed recruiting before it was cool i mean we're not bragging on ourselves because that makes us incredible nerds but we are we have followed recruiting since way before a lot of people listening to this were following recruiting i mean i was obsessed with recruiting with Forrest Davis, and I even knew back then as a Bama fan, Forrest Davis, he's kind of too full of Bama. Um, but I looked, listen, listen, listen to this this threesome. Chamar Turner, again, if you follow recruiting, he was a thing. McKinley Jackson was a, was a 100% a thing. And Walter Nolan was the thing. Six we star. thought we were getting it initially. You we know, recruited all three of those guys. Hard, yeah. Recruited uh, so for hard. a reason, for a reason, for a reason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's how you know you're playing somebody good, Luke. When <laughs> hey, we're not Texas A&M fans. We don't watch them every week. We watch them when when they're the best game that's on TV. And I've seen them play this year. I watched almost the entire Arkansas game this past Saturday. Uh, but yeah, I know I know their defensive linemen are because 
we know them from recruiting, and they're guys that have panned out. Not every five-star does. Uh, those dudes have. They're, they're very, very good, uh, and they're going to be a handful. Uh, but here's the good news. Uh, we've also heard of Proctor and Booker and Latham, and uh, Seth has played well in games. Darren Dalcourt, very experienced guy. To me, this offensive line, I'd be challenging them like we did the 2021 SEC championship game where our offensive line stepped up playing against an elite defensive line front. This Texas A&M front ain't no better than that 2021 Georgia defensive line. And we stepped up and found a way. And uh, that's sort of the challenge here. And I, and I hope that uh, this group this week is reminded of that. Hey, y'all did this in 2021, sort of the MVP of that game, if you ask me. All right, Jim, when we come back, I want to talk some recruiting specifically more about where some other guys have visited and, and how do we feel about some of the guys we still have committed. Uh, but right now I need to tell everybody about FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Anything you want, they got it at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel slash, excuse me, FanDuel.com slash locked on, FanDuel.com slash locked on, FanDuel.com slash locked on, and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Recruiting-wise, Jimmy, obviously, I mean, Bama was on the road last week. They'll be on the road this week. Um, I don't know if there are any potential targets that are going to be coming. I need to check out the A&M visitor list because, right. you know, that crossover can be good for us sometimes. But I do know Auburn had a big weekend this past weekend at home, obviously, uh, for Georgia. They had a big weekend. They had uh, a lot of dudes that um, Perry Thompson once committed to Alabama, now committed to Auburn. My understanding is that's not 100% over. It, it may look like it's over due to social media, but I would bet it's not 100% over. I would still bet on his going to Auburn. Please understand that. I'm just saying things can change there. I'm not predicting they will. I'm just saying they can. Um, Ryan Williams was there. He was decked out in some Auburn gear. That scared some Alabama fans for a minute. But it sure sounds like after the fact he's still locked in. Do you feel the same? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not worried. Well, when I say I'm not worried, uh, I have no information that makes me worry that Ryan Williams is going to flip. I mean, uh, hey, it's 2023. I've, I've said this now for three years, and I say it now louder than ever. Uh, fans have to change uh, how they see recruiting because of the NIL landscape out there. Uh, sudden changes can happen, and I think we would all know how and why. <laughs> Uh, and 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 you have to you have to worry about all of them for that reason, right? And uh, but hey, that can happen in Alabama's benefit too. So uh, flips flips used to happen before NIL. I think NIL is like a steroid shot for flippers. I mean, so yeah, I, th I think I think there's a reason to worry about every single kid that's coming to Alabama for because of that. But I have zero specific information as to why we should worry about any particular kid even ron williams flipping uh i don't think anything is imminent or there's major peril uh but alabama continues you have to recruit every kid that's committed to you just as hard as the kids that aren't and uh i know this ron williams is a high priority as alabama's got how do you feel about his reclassifying is i mean i know that's still on the table but there had many movement really 
Uh, well, I think that the movement that happens is beyond public purview, and it has to do with accumulating credits. And is he accumulating the credits? Because that's not an easy thing to do, is to double up on classes when you're in high school. And, and I know now some things can be done online. Uh, the way I look at the reclassification is uh, that's something that could happen. And that, I just leave it at that. That's what we say at BOL. Uh, constantly more asked about it. And, and obviously, BOL's covered the Ryan Williams recruitment extremely well. We have really good Ryan Williams sources, and we have a good idea of what's going on. And, and our our company line there, and, and, and what I'll repeat here, is uh, that is something that could happen. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I like the ambiguity. Well, um, it's not amb ambiguous. It's just not our spot to announce. That's up to Ryan as to whether he wants to make some sort of an announcement about it or whether it doesn't happen because it's very difficult academically. I think it's sort of like, hey, you know, like every most most everybody listening might, might have gone to college or taken the ACT. It's sort of like announcing uh, that you've made a 26 on the test before you've taken it. You know, do you yeah. really want to let's say you've got to make a 26 and you're confident you're going to make a 26? Are you really going to go to the media and tell yeah. them I'm going to make a 26 on my I think I think there's got to be some progress uh, there. It's not just a decision. Right. You can't just decide. You got to actually graduate early. That, that's hard to do. You can't. That is true. Like, see a high school. Um, this is your principal exactly. speaking. You've got like nine classes left. Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's really what's. That's why people oh, y'all are being so vague. It's it's. He's got to graduate from high school first. You, you can't just announce that you are. And Jimmy, let me throw this out there. I, out of morbid curiosity, this morning, mm -hmm. um. You know, yes, uh, yesterday, a lot of people were saying the Alabama A&M line, Alabama comes out as a seven and a half point favorite. I saw that earlier. Right. I was like, that can't be right. It's an old line. It's not right. It's not. Yeah. Alabama's two and a half right now. And that's about where you and I thought it would be. And frankly, I, I feel like it is two and a half because of the Bama name. If Bama were wearing, had the same record and were wearing, I don't know, Michigan jerseys even. I would say yeah. it would be A&M two and a half. I think the, the Bama aura is taking us to a two and a half point favorite. I, I'm, I promise you what's going to happen. I know I can see what's going to happen. I can predict this, that right now I feel like A&M is going to win. By the end of the week, I'm going to talk myself into Alabama winning and maybe we will win. I'm going to predict Alabama to win eventually because that's what I'm going to do. Right uh -huh. now I'm worried to death about this. And uh, again, not trying to be pessimistic. It's, it's just me by nature. I'm, I'm really worried about the, the the trenches. We'll talk about this during the week. I just wanted to throw out the point spread thing because uh, yeah. there are people who don't maybe don't follow it that much. And I saw all over Twitter yesterday, everybody was saying, Bama seven and a half point favorite. That's not right. No, no. I think that seven and a half point favorite stuff came from, you know, uh, in the summertime before games even start, you can go to some uh, services and and they, yeah. they have a line posted in, in May and June and July and August for games, right? Because they're trying to get people to bet. And, and so a line is set back then. But really in terms of what uh, sports fans pay attention to is like Caesars on Sunday before kickoff. I mean, that that's when you get a better idea of what, of what the line really is for the game. And, and, and all those uh, – all the indications are that Alabama is going to be a three-and-a-half to two-and-a-half point favorite at most. And – as hey, AM gets a lot of early bets this week. Uh, it could get even closer to even. Wouldn't surprise me. And I agree with Luke that that 
it's sort of built in. You know, Vegas isn't predicting an outcome. People, I, I'm not a gambler. Luke's Luke spent a lot more time in his life wagering on football for real than I have. Uh, so I, I just have a smaller understanding. But look, the line is not set by these football brains. They're set by gambling brains. And the gamblers are trying to do the best they can to make, make the money even on both sides. It, it's not about, hey, this is our football analysis of what how the game is going to play out. It's more like this is the line we have to set to get half the public to bet on this side and half the public to bet on the other. You know, Jimmy, uh, as we close out here, when we first started doing this kind of stuff together on Crimson Country Club way back when, um, I had a segment that it was a, it was a written segment called the weekly spread them. And I think I said, I, the tagline sure. was what my wife calls Tuesday, but um, <laughs> I th- just terrible. That's a terrible. Joke. But um, so I think we need to come back with that at the, at the end of this week from now on, I think we'll have a weekly spread them thing, a segment, uh, that is all about point spreads. I, I, boy, I, I really felt like I need to clarify that towards the end. Uh, um, but we're going to do that this week. We're going to really, we're going to force each other to to pick against the spread. That's what we're going to do. So, excellent. Excellent. All right. Yeah, I'm just coming up with ideas right here on the fly, baby. All right. Uh, that'll do it for today's podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more. Probably talk some Batman in the NFL because it was another big day for Batman in the NFL. We'll talk about that and more next time. Roll tight, everybody. Roll tight. After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer.